Hello, it's Pastor Malcolm here to bring you the service for Sunday the 2nd of May. I saw a story this week about a lady who's a member of a Baptist church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the United States of America. She is called Dr. Laverne Wimberly and was known for being the smartest dressed woman in her church. So when lockdown came a year ago, she didn't want to let the side down. So every Sunday she would dress up to the nines to sit down and watch her church service on the computer. And here's the thing, she wore a different outfit every week for all of 53 weeks, complete with an amazing glamorous hat. So I hope as you listen to the service, you're not sitting there at home in your pyjamas. And I hope you're dressed, sitting ready to give your heart in praise to the living God who cares for us and knows exactly what you are going through right now. Yes, I know God looks on the inside, not on the outside. But whether we're dressed in our pyjamas or we're dressed in our best outfit, let's uh, take this time, even now as we're on the phone, just to thank God for his goodness and know that he is with us. So let's pray. Almighty God, no one compares with you. You are great and mighty. You are all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful and all-loving. We thank you that you know everything that we are anxious about in these days. And we thank you that your word says that you care for us and we can trust in you. We thank you, Lord, for the giving of yourself in Jesus and sending your Holy Spirit so that we can grow in your love and be the people you want us to be. Holy God, we confess our sins and our sinfulness. We lay before you the things we have said and done which we ought not to have said and done. Forgive us, cleanse us and restore us, we pray. Come, Lord Jesus. And may we know your presence with us today. Come, Lord Jesus, and give us ears to hear what you are saying to us today. Come, Lord Jesus, refresh and renew us so that we can leave today with faith and hope and love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea bellows roll, whatever my love thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet through, trial should come, let this bliss assurance control that Christ have regarded my helpless estate and have shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, 
my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Our reading today is from Amos chapter 5 and from verse 18 to 24. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion, only to then meet a bear. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall, only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light? Pitch dark without a ray of brightness. The Lord says, I hate, I despise your religious festivals, but your assemblies are a stench to me, and even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them, though you bring choice fellowship offerings. I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Amen. We thank God for his word. The prophets are never an easy read, as they represent God calling out his people on their behaviour. And Amos is no different. We read it and we feel condemned, but that's always where the work of God starts in our hearts, by making us aware of our sin. But when we read the prophets, we always have to take a step back and remember that in the arc of history, again and again, God called his people back to him. He never let them go their own way for long. And ultimately, he stopped sending the prophets and sent his son instead to call people back to him and to make a way where there was no way. After hundreds of years of the law failing to create the kingdom of God, Jesus came to proclaim it, to inaugurate it, to enable it by redeeming his people, paying their debt, and in the not yet creating a path to where one day his people would be made perfect, transformed, renewed in the image of the perfect son, finally made holy and pleasing to God, clothed in Jesus' righteousness. But we're not there yet. Last week we heard how God through Amos condemned the nations around Israel And then he turned to Israel and said, And you too, Israel? Et tu, Brute, as Malkin said. Throughout the book and throughout the Bible, we see that as the people of God, they're expected to be held to a higher standard. In Amos chapter 3, verses 1 to 2, God says, Hear this word, people of Israel, the word the Lord has spoken against you, against the whole family I brought up out of Egypt. You only have I chosen of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your sins. God's judgment of sin is just. The crimes which are set out in the first few chapters of Amos are truly horrific by any standard, and God would rightly judge them. But for Israel, doubly so. The fact that they were in this land at all was a judgment on the nations that had preceded them. They were supposed to be a light to the nations. They were supposed to be drawing people to God by showing what a community living in communion with God and each other looked like. But instead we read that the poor were exploited, business was dishonest, people were used and cast aside just so that some people could get richer. Greed was good, as Gordon Gekko famously said in the film Wall Street. And how did they see themselves? They saw themselves as God's chosen people. 
unassailable, entitled. They were at ease. They were secure. They thought they were self-made. In Amos 6, we read how the people of Israel saw themselves. It says, woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria, you notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come. And a bit further down, you who rejoice in the conquest of Lodabar and say, did we not take Karnaim by our own strength? They were prosperous and they were broadly at peace at this time. And in the middle of all this, they were religious. They kept the feasts and the calendar, they tithed, they brought the right sacrifices at the right times, they had a great music group. And as Amos hints in the passage uh, we read, they spoke piously of looking forward to the day of the Lord. And into that breaks Amos, the shepherd from Tekoa, to say, are you crazy? Do you understand that the day of the Lord is a day of judgment and you need to get yourself right with God or that's going to be a day of terror for you? God's going to come and he's going to act on behalf of these people that you've been exploiting and the tables are going to be turned. He's going to bring justice for the poor and the voiceless who've been suffering while you've been lounging around with drinks in your hands discussing religion. So where did it all go wrong? How did they end up in a place where they were going to church, their religious centers at Bethel and Gilgal, they were giving, they were enthusiastically singing to God, they were piously talking about looking forward to the day of the Lord. But in the passage we read, God basically tells them to pack up and go home. It's a waste of time. It's all noise in my ears. Worse, every time you come, you're making it worse. Amos chapter 4, 4 to 5 says, go to Bethel and sin. Go to Gilgal and sin yet more. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three years. Burn leavened bread as a thank offering. Brag about your free will offerings. Boast about them, the Israelites, for this is what you love to do, declares the Sovereign Lord. How do you end up in a place where being religious takes you further away from God and not closer to him? How do you end up in a place where you're religious but once you leave the building, it has no impact on how you live. In fact, worse, it's almost made you complacent about the sin in your own life and the sin you see around you. Well, the answer is that we see again and again in the Bible, there are two ways to reject God. The first is well understood. is that you can run as far away from God as you can. You can say, I won't let anyone tell me what to do. I'm going to live as I please. I'm going to indulge my every desire. I'm going to be my own God. And like the prodigal son who went and spent his money uh, in Luke chapter 15, 13, we read not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. That's one way. The second is less well understood, and it's this. It's to say to God, I'm not so bad. I'm a pretty good person. At least I'm better than that lot over there. I go to church, I give my money, I help out with the Sunday school, I play in the praise group. Yeah, you know, sometimes I do things I'm not proud of, but at the end of the day, the good outweighs the bad, right? And that's why Amos started with the surrounding nations in chapter one and then brought it home to Israel with the and you to Israel moment that Malcolm shared with us last week. Amos is saying, you might not think you're as bad as those guys. But in God's eyes, by God's standard, he's horrified by the society you've created and how far it is from what he's called you to be. 
So what's the problem with the I'm basically a good person argument that I bet 90% of the people on the street outside would give if you said, if you do believe in God, why should he let you into his heaven? The problem with this is that it, it rejects God's assessment of the human condition that we find in the Bible. And it rejects God's son and what he did. It says that Jesus didn't need to come and die, that we could have made it on our own. It says that given enough time, enough education, enough money, we could build heaven on earth. Basically, we're good. You know, it's other stuff that's kind of taken us off track. And you know the problem with the kind of religion that says, you know, just try harder and God will accept you. The religion that starts with us and doesn't start with God. Both of them are ways of saying, I'm going to do it my way. It's like the people of Israel when they forgot that they were in the land because God had miraculously taken them out of slavery. They thought that they were there and prosperous because they'd done it themselves. And the kind of religion that kind of is built on, you know, our efforts leads to pride. It leads us to look down on those around us. It leads us to look at the poor and the weak and say, they need to sort themselves out. No one ever gave me a hand out. I've got myself together. Why can't they? I'm better morally. I'm harder working. And like the people of Israel, it's based on a lie. You know, the Israelites hadn't conquered anything by their own strength. They'd been slaves, and God had made the walls of Jericho fall down in front of them. And we stand today, and everything we have is from God. When we lean on what we do for God, for our salvation, what we give, what we do, we create a religion that's a religion for the strong and not for the weak. When we come to God with nothing and accept his gracious salvation, when we accept that he did everything for us, everyone starts on a level playing field. No one has any reason for pride or to look down on anyone else. And when we acknowledge that everything we have is from God and we, we don't need to hoard it, we can be generous with our time and our energy and our money. In Amos, we see a society that was religious and at the same time where people were using other people economically, where people were using other people for sexual gratification. And they were able to do that, to hold those two things together because they'd forgotten where they'd come from. They'd forgotten they had once been slaves in Egypt, that they had once been exploited economically by the Egyptians. And the only reason that they enjoyed the ease and prosperity they did was because God had graciously remembered his promises and redeemed them with a sacrifice. A sacrifice of the lambs, the Passover. God's judgment on the Egyptians when he brought them out was terrible. They lost their firstborn sons in the final plague before Pharaoh relented and let the people go. And God's judgment on our sin is no less terrible. God gave his firstborn son for us. And we should never take our sin lightly when we should remember that. So let's examine our hearts. Giving isn't bad. Coming to church isn't bad. Singing praise to God isn't bad. But let's examine our hearts and ask ourselves, are we doing it in humility? Praising a God who took the judgment for our sin on himself? Or are we doing it in pride, thinking God owes us and thinking we're better than those around us? And there's one sure way we can tell if it's one or the other, and that is how we treat others. Do we look down on them? Or do we have generous hearts driven by knowing that we owe everything to God? In Nehemiah it says, this is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Don't seek Bethel. Don't go to Gilgal. Don't journey to Beersheba. 
for Gilgal will surely go into exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them and Bethel will have no one to quench it. We're called to seek God and not through what we do, but to seek him for his sake. And Amos has this exhortation and it, it reminds me of the glorious passage in Isaiah 55 where Isaiah calls us and says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what's not bread and your labour on what doesn't satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to your God, for he will freely pardon. Reject any religion that tells you that you can work your way to God. Accept God's free gift and allow it to free you up to live freely and with generosity of spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your gift is free. We thank you that we cannot earn our way to you and therefore we can rest in what Jesus has done. And we thank you that that frees us up to live generously and we pray that you would set us free indeed today free to be generous with our time and our energy and our money and our resources. And Lord, we pray that indeed we would be a light to the nations and that we would shine like stars in the universe and draw people to you. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your word and for the faithfulness of Amos as he spoke to your people Israel. Help us to hear your word to us today. We pray for our church, that we be filled with your spirit and be faithful as we seek to grow in the truth of your word. We pray that we would not just sing the songs, but live lives worthy of disciples of Jesus Christ. Almighty God, help us to stand with those in need, to speak up for those who are ignored or who suffer prejudice. Help us to ensure there is justice for all. Help us to be the people of God you want us to be. Heavenly Father, we continue to pray for those in India at this time. We see on TV so many people suffering with COVID-19. We ask you to help those who are taking resources, medicines, vaccines to those who need them. We pray against the devastating consequences of this disease and for those who are working to keep people alive and well. Father God, have mercy on this nation, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And now Anne's going to come back and sing again to close our time together. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. 
It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. But lo, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. Oh, trumpet of angel, oh, voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well.